Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, they, or Zer, is a mystery wrapped in an enigma shrouded in rumor, conjecture, and conspiracy. Wrap all that in some bacon, and you've got one heck of a tasty Bitcoin treat. Mm. Mm-hmm. So who is Satoshi Nakamoto? Today, Travis Nadajolo collectively examine the different theories surrounding the patron saint of Bitcoin, and we come to some inconclusive conclusions. Also, we're going on the road again, and this time, we're heading to the beautiful island of Bali. And we'll tell you how you might be able to join us for an exclusive crypto mastermind with some of the most creative and top minds in the business. Are you Satoshi? Is your girlfriend Satoshi? Is your dog Satoshi? Well, you or they might be and not even know it. Let's find out on episode number 294 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing. This is Travoshi. This is uh, Jola Naratoshi right here. Yes, the, the bad cryptoshi podcasto. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. The bad cryptoshi podcastonado. <laughs> right here in your air, in your ears. Your ears will be listening. Your ears. I actually, I have a speech impediment, Mr. Travis, right? I like my brain says, say bear, but I'll say beer. Instead, like there's an air ear thing that my brain wants to say one of them and the other will come out. And so, you know, uh, my, my ex used to laugh at me for that. Maybe that's why I'm not married anymore. No, that's not. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But I still I have that issue. You just heard it right that's there. Great. Right there. You're right there. Right there. Well, you are from Illinois. So, you know, that's part of the problem. A lot of people from the Chicago area, they're more nasally when they talk. You know, I come from a Jewish family and, and oh my God, you know, it's that whole thing. They don't have a lot of dulcitones. Is that what you're saying? I got the voice in the family. I'm not all the talent, but I got the voice for sure. Very cool. And you guys get to listen to the voices and we're glad you do because without you, well, it would just be us sharing our voices with one another, but your support means the world to us. And also the support of our sponsor, which hopefully by now you have checked out because if not, you're missing out on your opportunity to get some bad coin socks, you know, for a lot of crypto fans, it's hard to find one place where you can trade plan and discuss strategy all in one place. You can't do that on Coinbase. You can't do that on Robinhood. And it turns out that Europe's had a platform like this all along. It's called eToro, and it's the world's number one social trading platform. Not only do they give you access to the most popular crypto assets and more coming, but its virtual trading and discussion features let you discuss and test trading strategies with a community of over 11 million traders. And guess what? They're officially launched in the U.S. S of A. It's all in one easy to use app. You could build your crypto portfolio the smart way today. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro to find out how to sign up and get your free Badcoin socks. All right, let's get into the topic of the day. Will the real Satoshi please stand up? 
Slim Satoshi. Satoshi Shady. <laughs> wiki wiki. Who indeed is the elusive Satoshi Nakamoto, the author with the anonymous name on the now infamous Bitcoin white paper available at Bitcoin.org. Ten years later, this person or persons have revolutionized the world and the impact of this white paper and what they started is going to be felt for ages. But I kind of like that there's this whole mystery behind Satoshi Nakamoto because whoever he, she, they, or Zer, you know, I don't want to misgender anybody, it's very possible, is they disappeared in what, 2013? Yeah, 2012, 2013. I think 2012 is when they disappeared. And as we go through this list, right, none of these people might be Satoshi Nakamoto. All right, so, you know, we've had conversations about this before. This is actually an article from 2014 from CCN. And they said, did the NSA outline Bitcoin in 1996? And there was an article or actually this white paper that was created from them by in 1996. It was, it was like how to make a mint electronic currencies. I don't remember exactly what this thing was called, but um, if you go through and look at this thing in 1996, it basically goes through, talks about crypto, uh, using crypto and using, uh, you know, different hash hash rates and, and, and the different algorithms and stuff. And actually the, the original paper, How to Make a Mint, uh, refers to David Chom, who we've met before, right? He's the guy who developed eCash way back in 1983 and one of the godfathers of cryptography and there was a group within the NSA who maybe put together some information it's called how to make a mint the cryptography of anonymous electronic cash and you know 12 years before Satoshi Nakamoto they're describing this Bitcoin like cash system this digital cash system and you can google that how to make a mint the cryptography of anonymous electronic cash to me I read that and I was like wow 1996 that that was really early. Yeah, a long time ago, long before we had any Bitcoin. So interesting that that could be a clue. You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was in the spring back in April that John McAfee said he was going to um, basically it, reveal who Satoshi is. He says he has spoken with Satoshi personally and he, was, he told Bloomberg News that he was going to expose Satoshi within a week. And then he backed off of it, saying that it could hurt his efforts to fight extradition to the U.S. But McAfee said, quote, I've spoken with him and he is not a happy camper about my attempt to out him. So I don't know. John, are you do you really know or are you just a nutball? Come on. We want to know. You know what? I don't think John McAfee's a nutball. I think John McAfee is a master of getting press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he is a master of PR, dude. He will say stuff and crazy things happen and people just follow him and listen. And he is interesting. for sure. He said, my entire life, I've been tracking people who are the best in the world and hide at hiding their identity. Finding Satoshi was a piece of cake <laughs> for me. So, all right, John, maybe next time we talk to him, he'll tell us. I think that it's the last guy we're going to talk about. I think uh, <laughs> we're going to, but who knows? Who knows? Okay. Nobody knows. So, so the, the first one beyond the organization of the NSA we want to talk about is Nick Zabo, who has declined 
to be on Bad Crypto, mainly because we've interviewed John McAfee and some other people that he doesn't consider credible in the crypto space. So mm -hmm. he, he kind of is like, I'm not, I don't like who you guys are talking to. So, eh. yeah. Well, aside from that, you know, he, he didn't like the fact that we had, had interviewed Craig Wright too. That was one of the ones that bugged him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a blogger named Sky Gray who linked Nick Zabo to the Bitcoin white paper using this style, stylometric analysis, which is really sort of analysis of the, the verbiage being used in the white paper. And so Zabo, you know, earlier had created this paper called BitGold, which a lot of people think is the precursor to Bitcoin. And he went to use a lot of different synonyms and uh, pseudonyms back in the 90s. And, you know, if you read BitGold and you read the Bitcoin white paper, there's a lot of the same sort of wording in those two documents. And then what I found was peculiar was that there was all this wording uh, utilized from BitGold in Bitcoin. However, Zabo was not listed uh, at the end as a source reference, which I found was peculiar because they clearly pulled some information from that, did not give a shout out. Satoshi did not give a shout out. So that made, makes you go, hmm, is it Zabo? That would, maybe Zabo wouldn't give credit to himself or you'd think Zabo would maybe give credit to himself to, to, to distance himself from it. I don't know. I, I found that pretty peculiar. He has denied it. He, he has definitely denied being Satoshi. He uh, wrote an email in July 2014 to a financial author named Dominic Frisbee, who, you know, I just like to throw his name around. <laughs> See what I did there? Because uh, Frisbee was interviewed on Max Kaiser's show, and he said, I've concluded there's only one person in the world that has the share, share. See, I did it again. Sheer breadth but also the specificity of knowledge. And it is this chap. Can we do a GoFundMe for my speech impediment, please? <laughs> yeah, can we get a BitFundMe? Let's do that. Yeah, BitFundMe. So but but uh, Zabo wrote to Frisbee and said, I'm afraid you've got it wrong, doxing me as Satoshi, but I'm used to it. So Nick says, I'm not him. He's not Satoshi. He's not Zabo. Hmm. Um, but you know what? There's, there's a lot of convincing evidence out there that it says that it could be him. And, you know, he, he likes Bitcoin. He talks about it. There's a great podcast interview, not on bad crypto cause he won't come on, but there's a great interview on the Tim Ferriss uh, podcast. That's a couple years old that, um, he walks through and talks about it pretty candidly and, uh, potential, potentially that could be him. I mean, I, I think that it's, it's likely that whoever wrote, uh, the white paper utilized some of his information from BitGold. I mean, BitGold, Bitcoin. Um, there's definitely a connection there. But uh, he says he's not, so I guess we got to take his word for it. Okay. Okay. Well, next up is a gentleman that I actually ran into at Bitcoin 2019 in San Francisco. He is a Japanese American man living in California whose birth name is Satoshi Nakamoto, but his full name is Dorian Prentice Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, he is a Japanese man, so he fits the bill for the name. He's a physicist at Cal Poly University, and he's worked as a systems engineer on classified defense projects. He's a computer engineer, and he could be, you know, the, the brainchild behind it. 
but he says he's not. Yeah, he actually said, I am no longer involved in that, and I cannot discuss it. It's been turned over to other people. They are in charge of it now. I no longer have any connection. That's what the original Bitcoin founder said. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me read that again. That's actually what he said. He said that in an in-person interview, says that the, uh, Nakamoto seemed to confirm his identity as the Bitcoin founder by stating what I just said. He's no longer involved in that. I cannot discuss it. It's been turned over to other people. They are in charge of it now. I no longer have any connection. The article's publication led to a flurry of media interest. Much I remember a bunch of reporters going out and camping out in front of his house, which I thought was, I remember that back in the day. But he does show up at crypto events, and of course, people line up to take photos with him. I missed him as he went by. I meant to, but I was in a hurry to get somewhere else, and I walked by him, and I, I didn't get to take the photo. But it's a novelty for a lot of people. You know, take photos with this guy who's got the name Satoshi Nakamoto, but it's this joke because most people would agree that he is not the creator of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Next up on the uh, suspect list is Hal Finney. May he rest in peace. He was a, uh, a pre-Bitcoin cryptographic pioneer, and he's actually was the first person other than Satoshi Nakamoto to actually use the software. He was in direct connections with Satoshi Nakamoto, and Satoshi sent Hal some Bitcoin. They were testing it out. Yeah, so he was helping, he was helping Satoshi early on, having lots of conversations with him, one of the first guys to, to have conversations with him. And uh, there's another guy as well that I'm reading in this book, Digital Gold, uh, another guy that uh, was one of the guys who helped set up the Bitcoin uh, forums on Bitcoin.org. He's a, he's a Norwegian dude, but uh, he's, not, he's, he's not listed in this list of people right here. But Hal Finney, may he rest in peace, he passed away in 2014. He had, uh, he had some, what did he have? Remember what happened to him? He died. He, he had... Uh, Cerebral palsy or something. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that uh, there's a journalist for Forbes, Andy Greenberg, and he compared Finney's writing to Satoshi's. They found that it was the closest resemblance they had yet come across, and they thought that maybe Finney was a ghostwriter on behalf of the anonymous Nakamoto. So, and, and there's a really nice salute to Hal Finney in the Bitcoin and Friends cartoon that we referenced a couple episodes ago at BTC and Friends. So, mm -hmm. is he there? Some people are pretty sure there's a high probability that I, mean, I, I think there's definitely a high probability that it's him or he was definitely part of it. I mean, he got the first transaction sent to him, and his neighbor is Dorian, right? Nakamoto. And so, that is interesting that he would use his neighbor's identity. And um, yeah, so there's, there's definitely, there's, there's emails between Finney and Nakamoto. And you can see that his Bitcoin wallet uh, received the very first Bitcoin transaction from Nakamoto to him. And so interesting stuff. He passed away and may he rest in peace. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of Bitcoin and hopefully his family is set up for life if they still are hodling the Bitcoins. Mm. And by the way, that, wallet belonging to satoshi has remained untouched right no but there's not been any movement in or out of it since satoshi went off the grid mm -hmm. true so uh, now this next one we've had on the show before craig stephen right he's an aussie and it's been said that he either invented bitcoin or is a brilliant hoaxer who very badly wants us to believe he did because and if you don't believe me, I'm going to sue you. Yeah, pretty pretty unusual uh, 
situation with this dude. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, he's, he's a very close relative of mine <laughs> and um, he owes me lots of Bitcoin. Like, I mean, like uh, uncle Craig, <laughs> how, how come you didn't bring me into this Bitcoin thing earlier, uncle Craig? Now, Craig said he wasn't at this alone, right? He worked with David Kleiman. Uh, David died in 2013. He was a computer forensics analyst. And Gizmodo put out a report. They said there was evidence with it that a hacker broke into Craig's emails and said that Satoshi was Craig and David. Of course, David is no longer with us to be able to speak for himself, but which is interesting. There is some serious conspiracies around that guy's death. If you go in and dive down that rabbit hole and like, so him and Craig were business partners and this stuff. And I don't want to make any claims. I'm just saying, go do some research on it. It's really interesting. Um, some of the claims that are going out and like family members going back and forth and, and maybe Craig stole his Bitcoin or some this and that. I mean, there's a lot of hearsay going along with that, but it was really interesting. And then he also, Craig, Craig Wright also has some connections to this, the next guy that we're going to talk to, who's, who's actually this like criminal mastermind guy. Okay. Is- well, let's, let's, let's get there in a second. I want to talk about Craig for a moment longer mm-hmm. because on his blog on May 2nd, 2016, he claimed, he said, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. And Journalists from both the BBC and The Economist said that they saw Wright signing a message using the private key that was associated with the first Bitcoin transaction. However, he's not provided any proof of that. There is, there is still no publicly available cryptographic proof that, uh, that Craig Wright actually had access to that wallet other than to um, show people to say he was, I mean, did he send something to that wallet? Is that the, I don't know that anybody actually saw that there was a private key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, he has gone through serious, you know, trouble to try to claim that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, he either has a really huge ego or he was part of the team in some way you know, Bitcoin developer Gavin Andreessen, uh, who's met right, witnessed a, a similar signing demonstration. And Gavin said, okay, looks like Craig is Satoshi Nakamoto. And then the people within the Bitcoin core kicked Gavin out of Bitcoin core. So that's another guy. we really ought to get that guy online. We really ought to get him on the show. We've never chatted with him yet. Heretic. So right after he published this blog post, he said he was going to post more that will lay the foundation for what he said. But then he deleted all his blog posts and replaced them with a notice that said, I'm sorry. So he said, I believe I could have put the years of anonymity and hiding behind me, but as the events of this week unfolded and I prepared to publish the proof of access to the earliest keys, I broke. I do not have the courage. I cannot. Well, why not? You've already claimed to be Satoshi. At this point, what does it matter? <laughs> it broke me. <laughs> the internet broke me. I don't, I don't know. Hey, if he is, he's a genius. But the way that he's gone about this um, does not impress me. Yeah. Next up, now this is a new guy on the scene. And the more that 
I read about it, it seems like there's a strong possibility that this guy could be it. And his name is is Paul LaRue, but he has a, a synonym, an, what is it, a pseudonym? Synonym? Yeah. Pseudonym. Yeah. He has a pseudonym that he's gone by uh, all over the place as Paul Salachi, S-O-L-O-T-S-H-I. Now let's get into this guy here. Paul Calder Leroy Salachi, right? This guy is a 46-year-old criminal mastermind, okay? He's also the creator of an encryption software, E4M, and TrueCrypt. And TrueCrypt uh, was the cryptography encryption software Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, Nakamoto used to lock up his 1 million Bitcoin. And he's an author of a very similar manifesto to the one in Bitcoin's white paper, but he wrote it in 1998. Now listen to this. Not only that, but he employs similar spelling and language in his writing style to that of Satoshi. He's also very interested in gambling and Bitcoin's initial code had a poker client uh, included into the, into the code. And he's been in jail since 2012. Mm, That could explain why, you know, he went off the grid and Mm -hmm. no crypto has moved in or out of that wallet. Yeah. And there's also this connection of Craig Wright and Paul Salachi. Right. So there's some really interesting, like there's this article on investinblockchain.com. We're going to put the link in here. And this whole thing is like a, a crazy James Bond mastermind supervillain kind of thing. And, you know, he was doing all kinds of, he, he's, he was a brilliant programmer. He was a cartel boss. He's a cryptographer genius. Right. And he's got this huge criminal background. and there's this, there's this thing, Kleiman versus Wright lawsuit, and ties pointing to Paul LaRue. Now, what happened, how this person became visible was in the documents, in the lawsuit of Kleiman versus uh, Craig Wright, on one of the redacted sheets of paper, it did not redact Paul LaRue's name from one area of the document. So they, they blocked out everything, everything. Whoever redacted failed to black out one of the corresponding footnotes that identified the criminal kingpin, Paul LaRue. And uh, it linked to this particular thing. And so he's a real life James Bond villain behind a cocaine and gun empire spanning four continents. Who's now a super snitch who quite possibly could be Satoshi Nakamoto. That's what a crazy story. Like just when you think it can't get any weirder Mm -hmm. found this guy and there's a lot here that really does line up, right? I mean, he created open source software. He mm-hmm. understands, you know, the moving of money and goods. He's mentioned in this lawsuit, there's a million Bitcoins that are locked up using his TrueCrypt encryption. This is, uh, this is some interesting stuff right here. And maybe... Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, Ben Mesrick, the dude we had on that did the, uh, the, the Bitcoin billionaires yeah. that we interviewed, I forwarded this article over to him and he was like, his response was, wow, what a great story. Like this to me, like this whole thing with Craig Wright and, you know, climbing and then now with this Paul LaRue guy and all the stuff that's going on with this. And like, I, now I want to know about this Paul LaRue guy. Like, what was his mastermind stuff? Like what kind of crazy stuff was he dealing with? And then he gets to the point where he ends up 
1998 writing sort of a manifesto about digital cash. And then, right, 2012, he disappears and nobody's ever heard of the guy again. He goes by the name of Paul Salatsi and it's close to Satoshi. And is, there's just so many strange things that my spidey senses go, wow, the inventor of Bitcoin is probably quite possibly this criminal mastermind guy. Like James Bond, like Dr. Evil kind of guy. Probably, quite possibly, maybe. We're not really sure. But is he locked up for life? Is, is his sentence for trying to put the hit on people, being a, you know, a crime boss? Uh, you know, is he ever going to get out of prison? Or mm-hmm. is this going to you know, die with him there? Yeah. Here's what's interesting. Here's the parallels between him and Satoshi. These are like little bullet points. Paul Arroyo, alias Salachi. Right. Uh, he's a brilliant programmer familiar with C++. So Satoshi. Right. Um, he is suspected to have developed TrueCrypt, the encryption software that's protecting Satoshi's million bitcoins. Satoshi's disappearance lines up with LaRue's new endeavors of being in, in jail. There's a post from 2012, seven years before Bitcoin was created. That was probably written by LaRue. Um, there's all kinds of other stories like, is this guy Satoshi Nakamoto? Well. He is in prison, and we don't know, and it sure is interesting to think about. But make sure you go to the show notes, badco.in forward slash 294. Scroll down. Go to that article. You can read all about it, and I think it might blow your mind. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, and if it's not any of these guys, there's a few other possibilities we've pulled from Everipedia, and you guys can check that out in the show notes. Um, Some of the others that may be suspects and could be them. Not really sure. Uh, ultimately, we don't know, and we don't even know if John McAfee knows. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this. I am not Satoshi Nakamoto. But I wish I was. I mean, can you imagine having a, a million Bitcoin? That would be awesome. Yeah, it's worth $11 billion. Mm. $11 billion. See, that's why I'm thinking if it was Craig Wright, you wouldn't have pulled out one or two. I mean, why has that wallet gone untouched? Right. Because he's in prison. Mm. Because you'd be in jail. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. So that was interesting. Hey, you know what? One other great thing about a bad crypto here is uh, let's talk about our other sponsor real quick before we get into uh, the other interview we have. Sponsor number two, let's go, Divi. Divi is a cryptocurrency app that makes it easy to earn, transact, and store your crypto. They also are the first cryptocurrency ecosystem powered by masternodes that can be installed in one click. They have this really cool mochi. It's a mochaccino. It's a masternode one-click cloud installer that you can begin to set up your masternode and start earning crypto every day. Very cool. You don't even have to keep the app open. You can just check it whenever and you'll see that you have earned new cryptos by having these master nodes. Go check it out. Diviproject.org is the website and we mean it. And we've got another segment for you because Mr. Travis Wright and myself are off to an exotic location and everybody isn't invited. No, this is not your typical event. You have to apply to be part of the the altcoin mastermind that is taking place in bali september 4th through 6th and we're going to learn about it right now mr travis wright how many countries have you been to now i have been now to 47 countries 
okay, you're, you are about seven or eight ahead of me right now. So I've got some work to do and uh, we're going to add another country to the roster of places we have been and a really fascinating crypto event is bringing us there it is uh, it's called the altcoin magazine mastermind event and it is unlike anything else that i have seen and with us we have the publisher of altcoin magazine and the founder of the event that's taking place in bali september 4th through 6th of 2019 emil sterndorf emil welcome to bad crypto thank you guys it's great to be here it's 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 really interesting what you're putting together here. Before we get into the event too much, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background? Because you're uh, you're a young guy, but you are also a seasoned entrepreneur. Tell us how you went down the crypto rabbit hole. Mm, yeah, well, it started a couple of years ago. I was sending a transaction abroad, and what ended up happening is that I sent three hundred dollars, and the bank charged me sixty dollars on top of the transaction and I was at no point being made aware of the fees. Yeah, what's wrong, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the bank, you know, raping yeah, you? Yeah, it's called for, banking. Yeah, I don't exactly. get it. deal with it. Why is that a problem? Yeah, basically, but but yeah, it just made me really angry and and I and I I wanted to know if there was something better. There had to be something better. I always thought that the banking uh industry is it just can't last for much longer because of the way the world is moving and because of the way that the banks stay behind uh, on technology and, and how money and, and everything is moving forward. And that's when I found crypto. I, I read about Bitcoin and the whole idea about sending money from person to person, it just just made so much sense to me. And from that day on, I've just been interested in it from from day one, yeah, basically. It's been an interesting journey that it sounds like you've had. So tell us a little bit about that. So you were you were burned out. You were working nights. You were working on a, a bunch of other stuff. And then all of a sudden, now you've created this fully funded, self-funded media company in crypto. Tell us about how that journey happened. Yeah, exactly. I, I was working nights. And one day, I just had enough. I, I, I quit. I built a coffee stand. I opened the coffee stand at the local hospital. And this gave me the time and energy uh, and money to to build a startup on the side. And about two and a half months after quitting my job, I got the idea of Alpha Magazine. And since then, I've just been heads down and we've been growing at a, an extremely fast rate. Right now, we are 10 people. We had a, a successful race uh, this, this spring uh, at a valuation of $500,000. We are putting out over 600 articles per month this uh, this last month, and we're planning a massive expansion. So we're moving to a new site, and we're expanding with more than just articles. So there will be news, there will be uh, videos and podcasts and everything combined in one site. The uh, the site's currently residing on Medium, right? Medium.com forward slash altcoin dash magazine. Exactly. And it's... It, your byline is the best damn place to read and write about crypto and blockchain. We're we're the best damn place to now we're not. We're we're the second best damn place to listen to stuff about crypto. So you guys write about all kinds of things in the crypto world, right? Yeah, we write about everything. Uh so despite being Altcoin magazine, we also write about Bitcoin, we write about uh, blockchain in general, we write about uh, finance. 
We write about banking, everything. Why would you write about Bitcoin? That's a shit, right? Only the altcoins are known. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a question for you. How did you convince somebody to fund your company when you're built on Medium? Like you don't even have your own web property. You're using Medium and you were able to convince investors to throw down $500,000. That's impressive. How did that happen? Well, well, that's the, that's the company valuation. So we raised, raised $40,000. Uh, and it was, a, it was a place in time where we, we had no revenue. Uh, we were three people. We only had our medium side, but we had so much, uh, courage and, and, you know, we just wanted to, to get this over there to the next level. And over the past six months, it's just been, we haven't used a single dollar from the, from the funding, but still we are, we have bumped our revenues, uh, from zero to $15,000 per month. And we've gone from, three people to 10 people now and we are expanding into being more like a dao so other companies can join in if they want to oh that's great so this uh little journey of yours is taking you beyond the publishing world yeah you're now entering into the event space so what why another event what do you think is busted with the blockchain event space that we need another event mm -hmm. yeah so it's interesting because i I've been attending some events over the past couple of years. The thing that I was experiencing with all the events is that when you go there, you go there with an expectation of meeting a lot of interesting people and going home with more value than you might have paid for the ticket. Of course, that's, that's how it should be. But when you go there, you, you get a seat at in front of the stage and there will be keynotes and, and speakers talking all day long when all you really want to do is be on the outside talking to people. But even when you do that, you're not, you're not guaranteed that there's going to be some interesting people, some people that can, that can take you to the next level from tapping into their network or tapping into their knowledge or strategies. So that's why I decided to make a mastermind event where we are basically taking the idea the, the traditional idea from a business mastermind, but we are adding more like a crypto getaway. So, so we want to make it a vacation for people who want to achieve a lot of things in, in a very short period of time. So we're bringing together these handpicked masterminds from, from this industry. And the whole idea with the mastermind event is that we are making it for people to give and to share uh, so everyone at the attend will be able to tap into the other attendees uh, knowledge strategies ideas and networks and while it's going to feel like a vacation it's actually likely going to make you get 10 10 times more done than you would normally do because you will be able to to network with people that are number one in their own field of of uh, of interest and and practice so you know I, I can attest to that because i know joel and i we go to a lot of events and very rarely do we actually sit in the sessions anymore right mr joel com I, I wouldn't be in the room for my own session if i didn't have to be <laughs> mm. yeah and so i think there's so much stuff that's going on now personally i i am, am very curious i love to learn so i will i like to sit in sessions it just seems as though 
when Joel and I are at an event, there's so much stuff going on. We're being pulled in so many different directions that it's hard to actually have any free time with some of those things to go into and watch some of those sessions. I personally like to watch them, but um, I could see how, you know, especially when we were at World Crypticon last year, I mean, there were so many amazing people there at World Crypticon that people weren't going into the sessions because they were too busy hanging out and networking. So networking is such mm-hmm. a really, really you know, important aspect of any of the conferences because you get to meet people face to face and actually have real life conversations. So since there is no, you know, real, real, there's no, there's no keynotes, there's no panels, there's no, you know, regular sessions. What is this? What does it look like? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So while there is no, there, there's going to be no speakers, no keynotes, no booth, there will be no normal people. So, so from each team, there will be two uh, people maximum. And at least one of the attendees should be a founder or executive decision maker because we want to make sure that the attendees can maximize the event they get from attending by making sure they can make important decisions on the spot. And while there is no speakers and and stuff like that to take up up the, the schedule, we want to keep the schedule very free and allow people to spend all the time they want to network, but also while putting in uh some more interesting things like case studies uh we are actually going to have some some panel discussions on on libra and and other areas of crypto we are going to have a lot of of giveaways so i i don't know if you read it but we we have something called attendee rewards so all the attendees are as a requirement they have to bring something to the event of value to the other attendees uh, right now, we have a total of three hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of attendee rewards given out to, given out to the attendees. What? Like, like what? What's uh, t- talk about some of the the big value items here? Mm, sure. So, so some of it are uh, free token listings. Uh, some of it is free media partnerships. Uh, there is some free interviews on YouTube channels. There is some some free. Um, free sessions with the blockchain incubators and free advice from from VCs and and yeah we're just going to like everyone bringing there is going to be able to take more home than they expect uh, basically so we want to we want to make it a value packed event basically yeah it takes place in Bali, which is uh, Indonesia, September 4th through 6th. And the website for it is mastermind.capital. Uh, it says an event to set the pace for the year to come in crypto. 50 teams, three days, no keynotes, no booths, no normal people, no BS, one survivor. Ah! Okay, so everybody gets to survive. It's it's not going to be, uh, you know, Lord of the Flies. No, 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 no. <laughs> So talk about uh, some of the sponsors that you've got involved here. Mm, yeah, we, we actually don't have a lot of sponsors for the event. That's not really what we're seeking for a lot. Maybe what I meant is the you know media partners that are going to be involved mm, with it yeah. here. So, so we have some, some pretty nice media partners, including uh, Twinroom Cryptos, who's going to be there at the event. We have Crypto Briefing, Daily Crypto, one of my very good friends, and FOMO Hunt, who is also going to be at the event. FOMO Hunt is, is one of the biggest uh, event and products data pages in the world. And they're actually having a, a crypto tour where they're jumping between 10 different cities. And one of them is, is Bali, where they're stopping by the event for the three days. And apart from that, we also have TF Blockchain, ICO Holder, 
AMB Crypto and and some other smaller media media partners. But this this is teams is what you've listed here. What do you mean teams? Like what constitutes what constitutes a team? Okay, so if you scroll longer down, there are some attendees, and here we have companies like ReadySet Crypto, uh, Yellow.com, MXC.com, Block Five. FOMO hunt and more. So what does that mean? Does that mean they're sending their whole team? What is a, what is a team? So each team consists of a maximum of two people. And we made this so there's not going to be too many people at the event. But again, at least one of the attendees should be a founder or executive decision maker. So we can make sure that, that, this, that the big decisions can be made on the spot. Because we're expecting a lot of partnerships to take place. We're, t- we're expecting a lot of high quality introductions to take place. So we have something called the power of the networking effect, where each team is going to write down three notes of companies they need to talk to, people they need to be introduced to, or a problem that they're currently having uh, that they need to solve to get to the next level. And over the three days, each of the attendees will be able to, to look at these notes and they will be able to tap into their own network so by bringing over some of the highest quality attendees in the, in the crypto space, we can make sure that all of the attendees can get their problems fixed on the event to take their company to the next level. That's exciting. And so you have Bad Crypto. We're going to be doing a live Bad Crypto event. It looks like on day two. We'll crack jokes. I got I got a list of stuff I've been working on. So I got some I got I think I got some pretty funny crypto related stuff I've been writing down and jotting down and and working on it and got some topics to chat about. So I'm sure we'll have some fun with that. That'll be good stuff. I'm looking forward to that. What are some of the other highlights of the event, Emil, that you're looking forward to? Okay, so we still have room left for new teams to arrive at the at the mastermind event. A ticket is fifteen hundred dollars, and a, a ticket gives you free access for a team of two people. It, uh, it gives you free four-star accommodation, food, drinks, and taxi for the entire stay. So we're trying to make this event as stress-free as possible. We want to make it feel like a vacation, but still allow you to get a lot of things done by meeting all of these amazing people. And it's freaking Bali. I mean, I've seen pictures mm. of Bali, you know, my whole adult life. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. One day I'm going to go there. And so Travis and I are going to be a team and we're going to be there. Travis is going to do stand up. I'm going to do sit down and shut up. And we're going to do bad crypto live. And you guys get a get a damn ticket, like apply, go to mastermind.capital and think who's your team of two come hang out with us for three days in freaking bali it's going to be amazeballs all all the balls yeah just go to duck duck go go to duck duck go and put in bali indonesia island go look at it and be like oh my god have you ever seen water so blue have you ever seen that color of blue and go swim with us. It's carpe diem stuff. I, I just did that right now. I just went to DuckDuckGo and I'm pulling up images. There's these beautiful, beautiful lagoons, cliff sides, resorts, these these uh, temples that just, oh, this is gorgeous. Get Go to the website. Do it now. Go to mastermind.capital, especially if you're involved in any type of crypto project, and and come hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Emil, anything else you want to tell people about the event? Maybe I should just add that this is this is not a corporate event. It's not 
it's not uh, one of the boring events. So we want to take that also away from from the boring side of events, and and we just want to bring people to like the open air uh, by the pool, and there's going to be a lot of networking, uh, a lot of drinks, a lot of good talks, and a lot of fun activities, basically. Mm. We're gonna get a tan, Mr. Travis, right? I need a tan. I'm pretty. I am. I am very pale. I sit inside. My tan consists of computer monitor screens. Give me a tan. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it, Emil. Thanks for putting this event on for uh, inviting us to participate again. September fourth through sixth, Bali is the place to be. Mastermind Capital, and we'll see you guys there. Yep. Well, there you have it, gang. Who of you will be joining myself and Mr. Travis Wright in Bali for an mm. epic mastermind event? We- yeah, for the coin showcase. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's my new conference. <laughs> I just came up with it right now. That's not what this is going to be, though. That's true. No, this is, this is only amazing people doing epic projects, working on crypto, altcoin, magazine, email, good people. And some great people are coming to the event. And I'm going to be doing some crypto comedy at this thing, Mr. Jokom. How did, wait, if it's going to be only epic people, how did we get invited? Well, I don't know. I guess it won't be that epic. I think it's going to be super epic. Hope to see some of you guys there. Again, it is uh, mastermind.capital to check it out. And, uh, you know, what a great getaway to Bali. Oh, my gosh. I, I've always What a great 24-hour flight to get there. Screw that. If you go and duck, duck, go Bali and pull up the pictures, oh, it yeah. is like it is a dream world fantasy land. It is so amazing. And so we're actually going to have an extended stay there and i'm spending some time on that beach at the the uh the ho- the resort is only like 50 bucks a night for this beautiful resort everything is super cheap there like you can get a, a massage for 10 bucks a legit massage okay none of those thailand type massages a legit massage from a qualified therapist for like 10 bucks i'm going to be getting a massage every day on the beach. Like, like I'm gonna be getting a massage like every 90 minutes. Right. Time <laughs> for another massage. Keep the meter running. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. Mastermind.capital and Altcoin Magazine is the site. Thank you so much to email. We're looking forward to that. That should be real good times. And thanks to all of you for listening. As always, we appreciate your patronage of the Bad Crypto Podcast. We are up a crust here. Well, we're more like pizza crust than upper crust, but we appreciate your reviews and your emails. And it's been a while since we've asked you guys to call us. Uh, So why don't you do that? Pick up the phone, call us. And the phone number for the Bad Crypto Hotline is 708-885-9030. That number again, 708-885-9030. And you can serenade us. That's true. Give us a call. Tell us what you think or give us a review. Uh, And if you want those socks, make sure to go to badco.in forward slash eToro. Go through that process and you can rock some socks. How bad would that be? It would be so bad. You could say, check out my socks, bitches. Stay bad. Who's bad? 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.